You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We're live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal, as I tweet out this, that we're live. So, welcome <laughs> everyone to another episode of the A-Side Live Show here on MMAFighting.com. Normal Wednesday time, I'm sure that will have to change moving forward because now we're getting more media obligations during fight week but that's another conversation for another time but i am of course jose young's host of the a-side live chat joining us this week she's making her return we've had a few questions when she's going back it's cool alex savis alex how's la you know not bad we went to malibu this weekend and i saw i had to mention we saw these um crystal shops called serenity rocks and they had like floor to ceiling size like amethyst so i have to go back and take a few photos and see what's going on in there yeah someone tell me what amethyst does because that is was not one of the crystals on the list of crystals that jessica crystal queen gave us so unless it was i just i also lost the list so i could be completely wrong but casey how's life in englewood englewood is up to good i think that's how the saying goes it rhymes, so yeah, we're up to good. It rhymes. It rhymes. Come rhyme. up with another one next, for next week. Every week <laughs> have a new rhyme for Anglewood. Anyway, you guys know the drill. You can ask questions on Twitter. You can ask questions on the site. People have asked me where to ask questions on the site, so I guess we have a lot of new listeners that haven't been around that long listening to this iteration of the, the A-Side Live chat. You go to mafighting.com, find that post that says the A-Side Live chat, go to the comment section, Leave your comments there if you want to get ahead, because normally we prioritize those over the tweet. So if you want to get your questions in, ask there. Don't ask seven questions in one. Break them up. Put seven seven comments, not one post with seven questions, because it won't fit on the screen. But I digress. Casey, what is our first question? First question. Hold on. Do, 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 do. This is the get question music. Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the big news from yesterday. 
Terrence Leverett, longtime commenter on Twitter. As I say, we prioritize questions oh, on the site. First one <laughs> ain't nothing but a thing. Terrence Leverett, Bellator coming in hot with this lightweight tournament. Does he mean light heavyweight? No, he heavyweight. Means light heavyweight. Light heavyweight tournament, which what match that isn't made yet, but you hope it does happen from this tournament. Also, big fan of, of an FE. How big of an FU to Dana would it be if Bellator signed all the atom weights before Dana? I could see it happening. Okay. Hashtag DC farted. That's kind of funny. So shout out to hashtag DC farted. Anyway, yes, Casey, I was driving. I was on vacation yesterday, and I will on Monday, Tuesday. I don't know, whatever day it is. I was driving back during the press conference, so I cut off with all the news. When I got back, you two were covering it for the site when it was going down. So, Casey, I'll start with you because I believe Esther was there, yes, if I'm is. not mistaken. Yes, what did you make of Bellator's big announcement of their light heavyweight tournament? I felt like, personally, it was uh, already kind of widely known. I think that's someone talking about payroll systems in the background. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we keep the door shut, but the cats go in and out, and then the door just flies wide open, and now we're just working in the big uh, bullpen. <laughs> Damn cats. Anyway, Casey, I feel like we all knew this was coming, but it's now official. What did you make of Scott Coker and Bellator's big announcement of their light heavyweight tournament? Well, I guess that was the biggest announcement. Um, so there are multiple announcements, but the biggest multiple. one. Multiple. Yeah, but that tournament, yay, awesome. That's what we all wanted. It made sense. The timing was perfect for it. They they just signed these uh, amazing fighters, um, uh, free agents, I guess, from UFC, and um, yeah, it's gonna be one hell of a tournament. I hope it actually hope everything happens according to plan, which nothing ever does. But uh, <laughs> hope there's no injuries, you know, before the fights, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's awesome. And um, I I mean, we we can we, we can him and haul about the matchups and stuff, and you know, but. Uh, Overall, I think it's pretty awesome. I like there's some vets in there. I like there's some um, definitely some some old school guys in there. We got some new guys I've never heard of. You know the uh, oh my god, we got to figure out how to spell that guy's name. The guy that fight, the guy that's fighting Corey Anderson. Not only do we need to figure out how to spell that guy's name, we got to figure out how to get a photo of him. Yeah, <laughs> I could not find a photo of him anywhere. Yeah, I know Alex made a nice bracket for it. If you ever mm-hmm. want to throw it up on the, he is uh, every graphic designer's nightmare. Oh, <laughs> we got to get a nickname for I, that guy. He can't be like yes. that. We, we, he's got okay <laughs> homework. Homework like Dov, for Dov, the Dov, week. Dov. I don't know, like <laughs> Dovlejan. I'm not even going to pronounce. Try to pronounce his last name. Very good fighter. Uh, yeah, but we got to figure a way to uh, shorten that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, of the four, four, four. Five? Uh, I don't know how many matchups there are. Four, um, uh, one, two, three. Yeah, four, four matchups, fights, right? Yeah. Of the four fights in the tournament, which one are you most looking forward to in the first round? Yeah, you got to go with Anthony Johnson, Yoel Romero. I mean, um, I know okay, it's, it's, it's an unpopular opinion, but actually, I wish those guys were in opposite brackets. I wanted to build up for that fight. But I, I feel I, like that's not an unpopular opinion. I felt like I saw that a lot on Twitter. Oh, I saw people every- were upset that it was the oh I saw a lot of people were upset they wanted the AJ McKee pitbull scenario where they're on opposite ends. That's why I I prefer I prefer that I prefer that but I saw a lot of people I think um you know like Ariel and things like that which is um, I like Ariel's opinion but basically they were I think under like strike with irons hot and make sure you get that fight you know and I get that yeah. I get that too because so many times you know things happen and just so now. You, uh, Bellator has put you no, know, uh, not all the eggs in one basket, but you know they want to make sure this thing starts off with the biggest bang, probably the biggest fight of the actual tournament, at least coming into it. 
uh, is that fight, um, Johnson versus Romero. And um, dude, that fight's gonna be freaking awesome. I hope it. I, I hope that fight lasts more than like thirty seconds. That's all I want. I just want. I don't. I don't want one shot. But man, the, but see that the fact that what that's five rounds too. So if that fight goes five rounds, that could be a really bad five rounds to be honest. But it's just it's just a lot of it's just yeah. My 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 imagination goes everywhere thinking about that fight. So I like it. I don't mind that happening in the first round only because if you look at how the bracket is laid out, it's on the it's on the April 16th card. And if it was on the April 9th card and it was like in the in another one, it would be four former UFC fighters all on the same all on the same card. So I, I think they wanted to break it up. So three on each side. So Bader, Machida, Corey Anderson on one side, Davis, Johnson, Romero on the other side. You didn't need like all of a sudden two ufc fights right out of the gate on the first night or rematches anyway also if bader and rumble make it to the finals that's a rematch is nemkov and bader make it to the finals that's a rematch but my god imagine if we get bader versus phil davis three in the finals but you know what but phil davis if he actually can beat nemkov which would be awesome amazing and he has to beat romero or johnson i mean he's earned it i mean like so, so by that point we might have a different impression of what phil davis is so, uh, who knows? And if Phil Davis, Alex, can, what do you make yeah, of this? Sorry. Go for it. Alex, what do you make Listen, of this tournament? I, you made, you made the draft. Ex- you watched all that stuff. Yeah, sure I did. Um, <laughs> by making graphics, I literally copy and paste things. I have no, no real memory of what I'm doing, but I'm just here for a 205 pound Romero. Like I'm so excited to see that. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Hopefully he's, uh, much more interested in talking at specific media events because when he was kind of 185 and i know everyone likes all the funny romero memes but he is miserable to talk to <laughs> on media days during the week i love that i, I love miserable fighters i, I love them when they're angry they're just like mm. like when romero when you ask him a question he's just tired of it, he just goes <laughs> yeah just remember grumbles. when he did that to oscar and yeah. it was like oh man that was good yeah, he did that to me a few times too. When I asked, I asked him questions I thought he would enjoy. He'd just say, "I don't know." Mm. You're not giving me nothing, my guy. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm obviously a big fan of tournaments, um, Grand Prix, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, so ten out of ten booking all around. It does tie up the heavyweight championship, but I'm sure they'll have plans moving forward for that. Yeah, Bader is of course still in the bracket. It gives them a little time to build up the heavyweight division too. Um, uh, Bevator was never really the, show, known. the 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 Congo fight was still there because their last fight ended in a no contest because of the eye poke. Mm-hmm. So if, I felt like they should have run that back before Bader got thrown into this, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, big f you to Dana would be if Bellator signed all the atom weights before Dana. Dana doesn't. I don't really care where <laughs> they go. Just give them a big platform. Yeah. And DC did fart. Hashtag. Just because no one has a cat head filter on, I'm leaving. What does this mean? Oh Have my! You seen the, the, what? The video floating around. You you these. you work in social media. You don't know about cat lawyer, man. That's like man. That is half my Twitter feed. Is cat lawyer. If I w- I was away getting I was away for the last three days. I haven't looked at my Twitter pretty much. 
This is the so basically, I, this was like I, a very important Zoom meeting of like a judge and like two attorneys. And one of the attorneys logs on to Zoom. And I guess somebody had been using the computer before him and left a cat filter on him. And he was so concerned. Like you can just see the desperation in his eyes trying to get this filter off of, off of himself. You have to watch it. It's, it's Is everyone scary. a good sport about it? Dude, it is. It is. Okay, the pandemic's been horrible. Half a million people just in the U.S. are going to die from it. Millions of people lost their jobs. Millions of job um, evictions. Just horrible unrest in this country because of the pandemic. But because of the pandemic, we got this cat lawyer video. So I think it's all kind of even, Steven. You know, I'm just saying. Was everyone a good? Was everyone a good sport about it? Um, Dude, it's it, 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 old dinosaurs. It's a, no, it, it, that's what makes it so good because it's a perfect video. It's just it's it's not mean spirited. It's kind of. Because we've seen kind of these Zoom videos of like, you know, someone in a Zoom meeting and they take their camera and go take a piss and they keep their camera on. It's just like really awkward and weird. Or like some guy, you know, was that that Washington Times or something, some high level editor or some news agency decided the to Washington you know, Times. I don't know. The, 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 guy, the, guy, the guy that was all, you know, got fired for, you know, doing that thing during a Zoom meeting. Oh, yeah. But this is just a fun little video and for and dude where's that cat filter that cat filter is freaking awesome i didn't even know that cat filter. it was so good and, the, and like the little shifty eyes on the cat oh that's so good and for the record he is not a cat that's true <laughs> i'm searching it oh i see it now okay all right. we gotta, is... wait 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 let's, let's get it let's get, let's get let's get jose's reaction as he watches it can you watch it jose? No, i'm not watching it yet i just saw the you, screens i just, like searched it and there's like screenshots of it on twitter i haven't I'll, I'll watch it after this i don't know this is bigger news than anything mma right now i'm just saying uh, i just <laughs> i'll take your word for it all right cat video <laughs> these these youths and their filters <laughs> all right now, get out there jessica crystal crew all right here we go Oh, wait, night, night, Leverett. God dang it, you again. Uh, dang it, you again. Here we, go. we love all our commenters, if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> From at Javre- Average Joe Art. Jay Romero. Something just, I think someone just got in a car crash outside. Um, Long-time yeah. commenter, great artist. Like, I just heard a big bang, like a, like a block from my, it sounded like a car crash, so unfortunate that's, that's the beginning of like some that's the, that's the beginning of some disaster movie like oh what's that? probably <laughs> i wouldn't doubt it anyway at average joe r j romero long time commenter great artist if you watch our interview with me esther israel adesanya and eugene behrman before ufc what was that 248 i don't remember how long that long ago uh he's wearing j romero's shirt with his spider-man design uh anyway oh, after the him. devastating ko yep that's him uh he promised me a spider-man shirt someday i'll get it mm-hmm. after the devastating ko of frank yeager it seems like san hagen wasn't really wanting to celebrate his victory which shows how respected and beloved frankie is yet you never hear a bad word about him is he top five most beloved fighters ever who are the rest Oh, man, I haven't thought about a top five, but Frankie is definitely way up there. I think we described him as uh, he's pa- Alex, Frankie- doesn't, Alex doesn't watch wrestling. Uh, so he's basically the Rey Mysterio of the UFC. I would say no Frank- one dislikes him. Yeah, Frankie he's Edgar constantly for- baby face. Yeah, yeah, he's pound for pound, most most cutest, snuggliest fighter in the UFC. Pound for pound, for sure. If you're wearing a Sakuraba shirt, my guy. I think Sakuraba might have in, some well, in, the, in, the, in the UFC, in the UFC. He fought in the UFC. Oh yeah, UFC like twenty two and a half. One of those weird UFC ones. Japan. That, UFC that, Japan. that like four people saw. 
Yeah, he's a, yeah who's we, your we, top five most beloved UFC fighters? We'll keep it UFC because there's a lot of pride and rising and all that kind of stuff out there too. But to me, how you decide who the most beloved fighter is is the fighter you least want to see get knocked out cold. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, my top five right now: Frankie, yeah. Roxanne Modafari. Who do? Oh man. I, I, personally, I would I would hate. I don't mind if she loses, she loses. But man, like I, I, Alexa Grasso, is so nice. If you, if you ever get the chance to talk to her, she's fighting the co-main, the co-main event. Um, I don't know. Throw some more out there. I got to think. I got to go in my head to the roster. I put I put Stephen Thompson. Oh yeah, Stephen Thompson. That's a good one for sure. Paul Felder. Everybody hates when Paul Felder gets hurt. Yeah. Um, Cub Swanson's another one, and then I go. also put GSP was- and Uriah Faber. Put Uriah up there. Right. Sure. I love. I think it's because I follow him too much on Instagram. Like his family's just like the most precious thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I think Damian Maya could be up there. A lot of people like Damian Maya. Yeah, people didn't like seeing like when Damian Maya got knocked out by Burns. It kind of like people just kind of felt bad. they got like oh. <laughs> but you know, I see. Just- I hear a lot of uh, Neil Magny when he loses because like yeah. when he lost to when he got submitted by Damian Maya at UFC 190. Like on, I think it was a thrill in the agony. He was sitting in the locker room, just like by himself, crying. And then he like looks up at the camera and sees it, and he like strains his face out. So I think that's another one that a lot of people don't like when he loses. Mm. I like yeah, I don't know. I I think I feel like we're missing one. I feel like there's a big one right yeah, now. Yeah, I feel not- like there's a really Mark Hominick for a while was one. Like a lot of people like Mark Hominick. He's just like a super nice guy. Like you're like, oh, I just don't want to see him to lose. I just don't want to see him lose. Yeah, I think Frank. But I think I think Frankie's up there. The way, the, just because you know, like Frankie's just you know how he is, and like he just goes through all these wars and just to see him. Ugh. But you know what, Cody said, uh, Corey Sanhagen. He luckily he didn't do a Masvidal and get on the ground and like ba ba ba. You know, or you no know, he. He played it. He played it right. You know, it's like he even felt in the post fight interview. He was like, "Oh man, I feel bad even watching this." You know. What about uh, Joe Lozon? Yeah, yeah, he's a beloved guy. Yeah, because he's like he'll never be champ. He's always in good fights, and he's a really nice, he's a nice guy and all that kind of stuff. I don't know anyone that has anything bad to say about Joe Lozon. Oh, you know, uh, oh, I got an obvious one. Dustin Poirier. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. Current Justin Poirier for current, sure. Current Justin. Yeah. He's like. Yeah. He just. I like how you mentioned Cub Swanson too. It's like those guys. You just like. You know, if they lose, they lose. But you just. Yeah. You, know, you hope they lose nicely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dan right. Hooker, I think, is a popular one too. Currently. Dan Hooker. Yeah, I'd say Does so. Do you love it? Really? Well, I think people don't like one scene because he's. <laughs> he talks a lot of trash too. Like he yeah. does, but it's. He talks a lot of trash, but he talks trash in the yeah, same vein as like that's just he's not it's not fake. Like when Felder and Hooker fought, I saw a lot of people that were kind of torn on who they mm-hmm. wanted to win. Mm-hmm. Robert I, uh, Whitaker probably. A lot of people are like Robert Whitaker. Yeah. Whitaker. Whitaker, that's Jan. Whitaker's Jan. Volkanovsky. Oh uh, Max, Max Holloway. Yeah, Max is a good hey, one. Max is a guy like if he loses, he loses, but you just don't want to see him get hurt. <laughs> like, oh Max. All right. Whoa. 
all kinds of chaos. Yeah, Batman out there. What's going on? All right. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Benil Dariush, maybe, if we're talking about fighters that fought most recently. Here comes another question about the tournament. Bellator Light Heavyweight World Grand Prix Tournament to Alex, Jose, and Casey from Tristan Gordet. With the announcement of the Bellator MMA Light Heavyweight World oh, Grand Prix answer this, sorry. Tournament, which do you think is the most intriguing matchup? I think we all agree it's probably Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson. Uh, well, that is an intriguing matchup just because not many people know who how, A, how to pronounce his opponent's name, and they're not familiar with his fights. And then Corey Anderson obviously looks great against uh, who's a male man who in his Bellator yep. debut. So that's... There's honestly all the fights are intriguing. Oh, for but sure. I think Romero Rumble because we've never seen Romero at 205. Rumble is his first fight since he lost. No, no, no. We, no, we, we, we've Romero originally fought at 205. That's how he right, got. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, right it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Knocked, yeah, he got knocked out by Fejo. Fejo. Yeah. I think a lot of. I think then there's a lot more. There's a lot new. There's a lot of new MMA fans. That didn't watch Strikeforce back in the day. Oh, so, for yeah, sure. Probably. For sure. Yeah. Rumble Romero, just because there's so many questions. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, and then once once those fights have built up, then new storylines and new excitement for the next round will happen. So, uh, but I like this that new I, that new. We're just gonna we're just gonna call him the new guy forever in the tournament because I think every tournament needs that kind of unknown dude. So I like I, li- I like I like that one unknown fighter put in a tournament. I agree. Cool, cool, and uh, yeah, thank you for your question. Do, 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 do. Oh, whoa. From I can't even read this. Bruno Vieta. Apologies yeah. if I mispronounced your name. Lightweight matchmaking. Please rate my matchmaking. Poirier versus Oliveira. Gaethje versus Chandler. McGregor versus Ferguson. RDA versus Hooker. Felder versus Darius. Lee versus Makachev. Fajeda versus Iaquinta. Great. All those fights are awesome. But any honestly, you could shuffle any of those names around, and they would be great fights. Uh, Makachev already has a fight coming up with Drew Dober, so. I think if you do Lee versus the winner of that fight, maybe. But Lee and Makic have been wanting to fight for a long time. Also, Ayakinta, I mean, Felder keeps talking about Al Ayakinta, so maybe that fight. But Darius does deserve a big name. Um, Darius can't, won't fight RDA because they're friends. But anyway, what are you going to say, Alex? Uh, I just I refuse to watch Felder versus Darius, just based on the last question of the Beloved Fighters. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I like that fight, A, because Darius is – a really nice cat and he's been on a tear and he deserves that big name and then yeah. Felder it's he's coming off two two losses but they were two great fights and he took a fight on like what five days notice so he deserves a name yeah. another big name too so I don't hate any of these fights but again their lightweight is so stacked like anyone in the top 10 or top 15 versus anyone in the top 15 absolutely rules who's Poirier fight who's but it's focused on the top three on this are the top okay. three correct? Yes. If we're terms of like matchmaking, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for the division, yes. I'm assuming Poirier and Oliveira is going to be for the title. Title. I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would uh, say Gaethje makes- Chandler could be for the number one contender. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. The only reason I can see Oliveira not getting that title shot is that they give it to Chandler. Strictly because um, UFC just feels they can make more money off that fight. But um, in terms of um, Matrocracy, maybe, how do you say the word? <laughs> what? I'm, I want to say Matrocracy, but why can't I, say, I can't say it right now. Meritocracy. Uh, meritocracy. Sorry, I was like, well, I'm, missing a sil- I'm missing a syllable. Meritocracy. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely should be Oliver. But in terms of prize fighting, uh, Chandler, um, probably the better one. And in terms of just strictly, let's just make money. Who cares about wins or losses? 
They might do Poirier, Connor for three for the title, which or Poirier and Nate. If they throw enough money at Nate, who knows? But I doubt uh, they come to fifty-five. But uh, cool. But yeah. <laughs> The, the, all the, these fights are great. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're, they're all great. They're all winning. 10 out of 10. Is, the most is, there, is there any names missing though from these? These like, is there anyone outside that, that a name could be replaced? Like, um, who are we? Dober only because he has a fight map lined up with Makachev. So, 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 so Makachev slash Dober. That could be. Yes, yes. I can see that. Who else um, are we missing? Yeah, Alex I feel, Hernandez is a fun nah. one too. Yeah, I he's think, looks I think, good lately. I think he's outside of this group. Uh, yeah, I think this is fine. The lightweight rankings right now, because oh, I guess Gillespie is the only one of these matchups that is in the top fifteen that doesn't have a fight in in this hypothetical matchmaking. But he's sitting at fifteen. I feel, I, I feel like Gillespie is almost like kind of. I feel like Kevin Lee retired him. Jeez, I've been just, I've been like as soon as he got that. Well, head that kick. was his whole mo for a while. Like he would fight like once a year for a long time, Gregory Gillespie. Like once, twice a year. Like his inactivity was was a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's getting me. So I think I think I think fishing is this thing, not fighting. But Drew Dober, I mean Drew Dober, Greg Gillespie versus uh, Brad Riddell. Love that fight. If that's actually gonna happen. Oh, cool. Thank you much. Boom. Here we go. Connor's Instagram thesis from MMG Two K Twenty. What did you guys make of Connor's thesis on Instagram explaining his loss? Is that just a style, or does he have a different intentions? Is he trying to convince the fans that he's still a top fighter? Could he be worried that fans might start questioning his legitimacy as a top fighter? Well, Connor's very clearly a top fighter. Like, I would still say he's a top five lightweight in the world. Really? Uh, top five? I would. I would. Probably that- closer to four or five. What? I think he could be. I think he could be Tony. You rank Connor? him above. You rank him above him. You rank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Top five in the UFC. In 2021, in the UFC, in the I would put Connor over Tony. In 2018, I'd probably put Tony over Connor. Right. Uh, and then Chandler and Oliveira, I would probably put above Connor right now, but I'd probably put Connor five. I have Connor on ground six or seven, I think. But yeah, um, regardless, fine. Yeah. Top ten. Yeah, top. Like, yeah, I, I, he's still I, top ten. He's still, he's still top ten. He's still top ten. I yeah. agree. Uh, but Alex, what did you make of Connor's long Instagram post explaining his loss? I mean, it sounded like a lot of excuses. I just, I just find like the we've never trained calf kicks before. Like that, that narrative doesn't make sense. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like everybody knew that that Dustin was going to come in with those calf kicks, and you didn't prepare for that. I don't know. Well, not even in calf kicks. Like it doesn't make like your your excuse was I didn't train mixed martial arts. Yeah, I was in a yeah. mix. I, I signed a contract to make millions of dollars in a mixed martial arts fight, and I had all these coaches. And when we go, you know what? Let's don't do them. Let's don't mix these martial arts. I don't. I don't. Yeah. It was a. I don't mind. I don't mind fighters coming up with excuses because I mean excuses and reasons are kind of you know there's reasons for a loss you know. And you know what? How he feel? He needs to make improvements. Um, what? 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 Yeah, but didn't he kind of say I didn't think about it because I was focused on boxing? Packing. He was out? focused on boxing. Yeah. That's on you, man. <laughs> That's on you. Like, also, I don't know, man. Also, like, also, if you read it, it was also like there's this huge chunk that is trying to sell his like CBD's plant power. Yeah. Spot. 
So yeah. it's like I think it was like, oh, my leg hurts. Here I spray it on it. I'm fine. You know. So yeah, I think, I think I, there was a. That's why. That's why I took. That's why I took it from it. It was all like, hey guys, I forgot to train mixed martial arts. But before you make fun of me, have you tried this new CBD spray? It works. Right. Right. <laughs> but but Connor also does say like, oh, I'll be back with improvements, this and that, every time every time like remember when he fought nate the first time got cooked and then he just worked so much on his cardio between that the for the rematch so i do believe connor when he says he'll go back to the drawing board anyway i want to add something to go ahead what what i take from this is how connor is so he's he is a master at controlling the narrative because now is not about how great Dustin looked. It's about, oh, Connor just forgot about the calf kicks. Once he gets those down, rematch time. You know, so I, I, that's what Connor is just great at. He controls the narrative. The fact that we're talking about this and not talking about the improvements that Dustin Poirier has made as a fighter, you know, so. I also think Connor's Instagram and his followers in general probably, like, he probably has a lot of people on there that don't even watch his fights. They just love Connor for Connor. And they're just going to read these statements and be like, oh, that makes sense. Go for, you know, Good for Connor, and then just like carry on as normal. Like no one's even there. I guarantee there's a high percentage of people that aren't even really watching his fights. Gotta sell just the fans. Gotta sell the trilogy somehow. <laughs> um, what do you think about that? Also, the, I do. Go ahead. Oh, we think. Oh, sorry. We think about the last part of the question. Uh, no, I don't think Connor's worried that fans might start questioning his legitimacy. I think he's going to make a lot of money no matter what. I think he'll maybe if he is going to start wor- being worried about it, it will be if he loses the trilogy fight. If he loses the trilogy to Dustin, then that makes there's going to be a lot of like he he doesn't get to start picking his opponents anymore. I think also people will be less interested in the trilogy against Nate. They'll never be close to a title anytime soon. So I think the the rubber match is going to be very telling. Does he care about a title? I thought you just, I thought it was just about getting that money. I'm sure. I mean, I don't know. I'm I not mean, inside the mind of Conor <laughs> McGregor, but I can't. I'm not going to say he doesn't care, but maybe he cares less than others. Yeah, I don't think there's very much. I don't think there's very much stock for him in, for a title. As as long as the, there's extra you no know, zeros on that check, I don't think it matters. Man, I mean, he fought Mayweather for it. There wasn't a title. Well, I guess there was a money belt. Yeah, there was a money belt. I would like to add uh, Jay Romero on on Twitter added a few names to our most beloved list that we forgot: uh, Randy Couture, Forrest Griffin, and for a while, BJ Penn. I think we all forgot about Forrest Griffin. I, w- I would include Forrest. Um, so would I. There was, yeah, there, there was a lot of a lot. There was a lot of um, a lot of the uh, MMA world had issues with Andy Couture. But Forrest Griffin is yes. I Although agree. I will say about Forrest Griffin, he was and I'll, go, I'll say this on air. He's not, Forrest is a nice guy now. But when I first worked in you the uh, MMA about fifteen years ago, Forrest was in a corner of a fighter. And I had to run into him backstage, and man, he was just an asshole. But like, he was just. But it turns out he's just. An, he was just. And he's talked about this. He was just. He's just kind of an asshole in general. And this is like you know yeah. over a decade ago. And I, I definitely think he's a different person now. But um, yeah, I was like, he was the first fighter. I go, I don't like that guy. <laughs> I was like, he's just a jerk. And um, he's but, a weird cat, man. He he like. But he's Sometimes a but, but that like, that's then. But now now Forrest Griffin, I've talked to him. He's he's a nice guy. Whatever. <laughs> right. But when I say weird cat, like remember when he took the mic from Joe Rogan and like interviewed Tito and he would run out of the cage because he was upset and everything. Weird cat. 
Yeah, yeah. Dude, weird cat. But I agree, still one of the most beloved and biggest fan favorite. People still love you, Forrest. <laughs> Alright. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. John Malkin at Johnny Onto on Twitter. With so many title fights coming up, do the UFC have any of these fights backed up in case of injury, COVID? Not officially. <laughs> no. But I'm we've just... talked about this a lot. We've talked about this a few times where whenever they book these or whenever we want these t- title fights booked, they should always book a number one contender fight on the same card just in case. Dude, this Saturday. This Saturday. I can't believe there's not a backup for Burns or Uzma. I'm I'm kind of shocked. I agree. I, I agree, dude. Like if that if that main event falls out this Saturday, that card is barely a fight night. <laughs> yeah, I mean I honestly, it's not. A, dude, there are no top ten. I mean, you might want you can count Kelvin Gaslam maybe if you're nice, but he's not in my top ten. But there is outside the main event, there are no top ten fighters on the entire 258 card. Well, we lost a few. We lost we lost Rivera yeah. Munoz and we lost Weidman Hall. So they were supposed to be, but then yeah, they all fell out. Like, like you well, said, they, they fell out, so you need backups. But like UFC 259, which is the big one, has one – does – I think has an unofficial backup. I really – it's it's uh, Ratchik and Tiago Santos is on the same card as Jan Blachowicz was Israel Adesanya. I'll watch Tiago, Tiago or Ratchik fight either of them in because that fight absolutely rules. But Nunez, Mean Anderson, and Jan Sterling, there's – I guess there's the bantamweight belt between Cruz and Casey Kenny on that card too but it's not like See, an official that one. that fight but. that card 259 doesn't need backup fighters because there's three championship fights there's three championship fights those are the backups you know like the championship fights are the backups. i'm so, talking about like what if what if Algermain gets pulled that's what i'm saying, like, fight, what I'm well, saying. They, 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 i feel like they don't need backups for those fighters 
because the card is so strong. If they lose that fight, that card's still fine. I but, guess. But 258, though, that's why I'm just shocked that there's no backup for Usman or Burns. Because this card is Maybe still, they tried. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. Um, anyway. But you know what? It could be one of those things, too. We've been at weigh-ins, and all of a sudden, someone weighs in and shows, like, what? <laughs> like, okay. That's true. Yeah, so. Like, UFC 250. What was it 254? When the fight island went? The, the Habib card, there was like six guys that weighed in. <laughs> we had no idea who they were. <laughs> but for the 260, for the heavyweight featherweight fights, they should have backups for those. For sure, I think. So another heavyweight fight on there and throw another featherweight fight on there. What, um, what, what, what other title fights come after 259? Um, what am I missing? What, what other title fights am I missing? It's uh, Stipe Francis and Volkanovski Ortega. Both are UFC 260. Stipe Francis, I could see there actually will be no legitimate backup. I don't think there could be a... But it's heavyweight, dude. Just, just I think Volkov could weigh in. That might make sense, but would Volkov is because Volkov weighed in before Stipe DC won, just in case. But those are so weird because I think you, even Stipe said, like we asked, like well, let's just say if your opponent fell out, would you take a a literal last hour fight against Volkov? They're like, no, you know. <laughs> so like the the, the the whole idea of these backup fighters, and like I can't, get, I can never get a clear answer from like Dana or like these fighters aren't contract, contractually obligated to fight the backup guy either like i don't understand the whole idea of a backup fighter i mean they're gonna put of course the ufc is gonna put public pressure on the champ or whatever to f- take that fight but um yeah like like habib no he fought uh out you know and people don't get and people don't give credit to Habib for that like he like i, I guarantee you a lot, a lot of these champs won't take wouldn't fight a last second guy you know but Habib did, so um, he, I don't think he gives enough credit for that. But uh, I, you know, like John Jones, not just the last second guy. That was his third opponent in like twelve days. Correct. Yeah, may, maybe maybe that's why Habib was like, I don't care at this point. <laughs> I, I haven't. I, I'm just I'm just trained. I'm not. He went anybody from Tony here. to Max to Al. <laughs> All three very distinctly different fighters in styles. Very different. Yeah. If you can make a backup for Volkanovski Ortega, who do you try to back? Back it up, Max Holloway. No. What I'm Max? Over that. Why? Over it. Nah, not Max. Why? I don't want. I thought Max. I thought Max. Max had the greatest fight of his career. Most people thought Max won the rematch with Volkanovski. You know, I thought Max won the rematch with Volkanovski. Max looked. Max looked awesome against Cater. Boom. I don't care. I mean, I think I think Ortega deserves a shot right now, but for some reason Ortega falls out or Volkanovski falls out, and maybe I don't know. They do an intern. Or I think Max is a little past the point of being a backup. I think he deserves a, the full like media day, training session, all that stuff. Like I don't. Also, I am pretty confident that Max wouldn't want to serve as a backup because he he he's one of those guys that wants a full camp. I think if, if, I, they, it would if ha- they pay him. He is a prize fighter. That's fine. You could pay anyone to fight anyone. But I'm talking about, <laughs> I think Max is past the point. I'm saying, I, my pick would be he's a beat. He doesn't have a fight. He hasn't fought in a long time. Uh, he's sitting at number three, right behind Max and Brian. It, I think it should be a beat. I don't know. I, I do the backup as the next guy in line, and you pay them the whatever. 
don't know how much that Max versus then stick Max versus then stick Max is a beat on this card. See, I don't like that yeah, either. Yeah. But see, I hate that either because if that means if the main event falls out, that means say Zabit or Max get screwed out of a contractually obligated fight when they're they made weight, their opponent made weight, and then you rip They'll that fight their, apart. They, I think they would get their full. They would get their win bonus too. And, I'd rather and, have a backup if you did it that way. It had Holloway's beat on the card and have a backup for that fight than have a backup for the main. <laughs> a backup for so a backup for the backup. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Just have Arnold Allen weigh in as the fifth man in case that in way, case the beat has to get elevated. Then Arnold yeah. Allen fights Max Holloway. Backups make more sense for like the lower ranking fighters than they do for the champ, like you said, Casey. So that just makes more sense. All right. Well, just have Ryan Hall weigh in for every featherweight fight. Oh, dude, if Brian Hall is there, all these featherweights, they would just run scared. All of a sudden, oh, they pulled their hamstring. You know, oh, they fell in the sauna. They can't fight. Yeah. (laughs) I'm saying the the bravest man in the UFC right now is Dan Ige. Because he was the only one that put pen to paper and says, all right, I'm willing to get my knees snapped in half and face this Ryan Hall. I don't know what Ryan Hall. (laughs) Allegedly, that's Allegedly, his name is Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall. (laughs) All right. Uh, uh, well, thank you for your question, John. I don't, John Mulkin. I don't think we actually answered anything. No, the answer is no. <laughs> they have no backups. <laughs> A lot of unofficial backups. All right. Uh, ooh, very answered. Ah, sorry. Why is that so small? Ranking Sanhagen's flying knee knockout on Edgar to Alex and Casey from Tristan Gordet on the site. In your opinion, where do you rank Corey Sanhagen's flying knee knockout in MMA's modern era? You have Gamebred's knockout over Askren, MVPs against Santos, Barboza against Dariush, as well as Jeremy Stevens' knockout against Bermuda's, just to name a few. So, Casey, where would you rank Corey Sanhagen's knockout of Frankie Edgar? It is so far up there. So far up there. And I put a lot of weight into who you're fighting. And yeah. the fact that he did this, Corey, Corey Hagan did this, and he did it so I, – I must I watched cool. that fight. It was so cool. It was so cool and such high level and the timing and everything about it. Man, like it is up – I know every – like I wasn't one of those people like – you know, um, Buckley's knockout last year. Like, I didn't put it as fi- knockout of the year last year because I just didn't think the level of competition was high enough. Like, I put this Corey Sanningen knockout, like, right up there. Like, as far as, like, the top two or three knockouts ever in MMA in terms of violence, who your opponent was, and just perfect te- technical te- uh, uh, technical-wise. Um, yeah. Technique-wise? Te- 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 technique-wise. Um, God, it was just so beautiful. So, like, just... <laughs> Just the the flow of energy from his knee to um, Frankie's chin was just unreal. It was just it's 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 right up there. And top. walk away too. No and walk away. Punches, just looked over his shoulder and walked away. Yeah. Even even like I watched. I must have seen that knockout so many times. And like the, the thing that still freaks me out is the fact that Frankie actually sees it coming because you see, and Frankie starts loading up on the overhand, and then he gets hit, and when Frankie goes down. Frankie's hand is still like this, ready to throw it overhand. That's just like, oh, that's so scary. And then even 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 um, Corey, Corey saw the overhand coming, and Corey's coming down. Corey's actually has his guard up. I was like, that is just such high level, just high level everything. So uh, yes, Alex, Tristan. where would you where would yeah. you rank it in modern MMA for just knockouts? I've got a few above it. I think you know, as much as knockouts are. are 
you know, we're looking at the the technique and, and the technical aspects of it. It also has a lot to do with like the fighters and where they're at and like where you stand with them personally. Like, so for me, one of my favorite knockouts is going to be like a Shevchenko Jessica I because of what led to that point. Like <laughs> Jessica I wearing a bulletproof vest at the media day stuff and then just gets head kicked and stiff as a board. So like for me, those are the knockouts that I kind of tend to prioritize. Um, obviously, you know, it's spectacular knockout for, for Sanhagen and, and Frankie Edgar's a legend, but like, I just have to put others above it just because of my personal connections with them that way. It's a fair assessment. Like I, my favorite knockout ever was Yair Zombie. Cause I was like 10 feet away from it. Yeah. That's like, there are probably maybe and I like I can count on one hand better knockouts spectacular wise, but that had everything to me. That is the best knockout I've ever seen because I was ten feet away from it. But Casey, where what is your top five flying knee knockouts in MMA history? And I'll give you mine after. Top five flying knee knockouts. Uh, uh, no particular order. Um, I forget his opponent's name, but Kid Yamamoto versus that wrestler Yada Yada. That was just like yeah. all, in two seconds, just like um, that 2006 one. K1. Yeah, that was just oh. K1 Heroes. K1 like, Heroes. Yeah, it was, it was MMA. It was MMA. Uh, so that yeah. one, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Carlos Condit versus um, Dong Young Kim. Dong Young Kim. That's right up there. Uh, obviously, Frankie, uh, well, uh, Sanhagen, Askren, well, Masvidal, knocking out Askren. Uh, one, two, three. I need one more. One more. I'm missing. Um, I think you're missing a big one. Everyone, everyone talks about the Stevens Bermudez one, but I don't, I don't, because I don't, I thought it was okay. It um, got overshadowed by everything else on that card. Yeah. Um, what am I missing? What am I missing? Aldo Cub. Aldo oh, Cub, yeah. Double Aldo knee. Cub. Double knee. Broke Aldo his Cub. face. In the first exchange of the fight, too. Yep. Yeah. I also think uh, Irvin Martin from USC, I think 53, 54. Is a big one. Um, Aldo Mendez, I know it wasn't flying knee the first one against the fence. I know the fence grab is kind of a thing. You're talking about old, old, old one. Uh, Andrew Silva, uh, Carlos Newton from Pride, like 05 when he broke his face. Um, BJ Penn, Sean Shirk, because that kind of, that was like prime BJ when it was like licking the blood and everything. Uh, And then, of course, we just had the big story on the Spencer Fisher, uh, Matt Wyman one, because that was like, for a long time, people thought that was the greatest knockout ever. Because Matt Wyman celebrated and ate the flying knee. Yeah. Um, maybe Garza. Then Pablo Garza have a big one like a lot a while ago, yeah. but that probably wasn't that high level. Um, yeah, there's a lot, but I, those are just some of the ones I can think in of. In terms of just like pure technique, I still think San, but pure technique, oh, oh. Sanhagen was the perfect one. Chris Beal and Patrick Williams, uh, UFC 172 in Baltimore. Dude, you're that going like you're going like dark. These are like these are like. Yeah, UFC well, Patrick, Jewel. I was at that. UFC <laughs> like, 172 was John Jones Gloves Share was the main event. Yeah, but that was like a prelim prelim. Those are like you're talking about. Like, that was the. That was, that was, that was, a, that was a Facebook fight, fight, man. That was a Facebook fight. I remember. Well, hey, there's a few things in that. Uh, Chris Beal was on the Ultimate Fighter, the last ever Ultimate Fighter I watched, and he was on that one. I think that was the Rousey, Misha Tate one. So I remember that name. Patrick Williams went to Arizona State, and he was on the wrestling team. So I was like, oh, I know these two cats. And then Chris Beal just. Just decapitated Patrick Williams with the flying knee. Is this how you do it? Is this the? Is this or is it this? Was spread the fingers out, my guy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, nope. 
You're just holding up fourth. There you go. And that's, oh, yeah, you go. Remember when you do, when, you do uh, that? gross. Yeah, now it's the, yeah. Remember when uh, Cain Velasquez did that? I can't remember who he knocked out. It might have been Big Nog. And he went up to the camera and did that. Yeah, and yeah. Frank yep. Mir was like, well, this must be a gang sign or something like that. And I was like, fool. Fool. But the greatest, the greatest, the greatest knockout of a flying knee is actually the knee that didn't land. It's fatal over Arlovsky. <laughs> yeah, that's you're not wrong. You're that's not what, wrong. That, that's Diamond why Parker had a few too. We can't forget about his. That's why I was so impressed because Frankie saw him. Frankie was right. Like Frankie goes, look at the replay. Frankie's on the ground. His arm is stiff from ready to throw that punch. Like his arm lands like this. It was just like. Ugh. I love oh, that knockout. MVP's cyborg was crazy just because he literally broke oh, yeah. Cyborg's oh, yeah. face. Oh yeah. Okay. I can. I completely forgot that. Uh, I was thinking UFC. Cyborg but yeah. couldn't. Cyborg couldn't fly home because his face was so broken. The pressure of the airplane would have like really affected him. Yeah. That that one. Yeah, was, that was the one where he threw the pokeball too. Mm-hmm. He yeah. He did the whole thing. Yeah. 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 So I think that one knocked out of the year at the time. And deservingly so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Broke his face. Literally, dude. That's oh, okay. That's, oh, Romero and Weidman was obviously a big one too. That's a big one, yeah. Slice his face open in Madison Square Garden. But I, I'm pretty sure Sanhagen was the only one that landed any of his knees and still landed on his feet and just walked away like it was nothing. No, Chris Peel, man. That was why it was so cool. Chris Peel, Patrick Williams it was. It was. I, I didn't. It have, was the I Corey Sanhagen. I didn't, fight. I didn't have Facebook. Was, I didn't have Facebook at that time. Were you at that fight? I was probably there. Of course I was. In Baltimore? Yeah, I was there. I, I, remember, I don't go- think Esther was at that fight. No, she wasn't. Um, yeah, there yeah. was a lot. Dude, a lot of shit that went down that night. I'm sure. <laughs> a lot of shit went down that night. It was crazy. Like backstage. Actually, I remember what was happening. I remember all of that. Yeah. Remember that? That, that was I like. Do, I, I do know. remember that. I don't, don't want to bring up other people's business, but yeah, that was. I do of- remember. I do remember everything that went down that night. Yep. That was kind of like on the fly. Like, you know, when you're in like a really awkward situation, you're just kind of looking around like, oh, this is weird. And then you see people that are in the back that you didn't expect to be in the back because they're supposed to be doing other things. It was That was a weird situation. <laughs> anyway. Danielle Pompilio, watching Frankie go down on Saturday was pretty damn scary. What's the scariest KO you've ever seen? <sighs> I I'm not I'm not ashamed to say when I saw that knockout I was I was watching it from my kitchen because you know the fight's about to start so you're like okay you're kind of watching it you know before you, I, I, you think that fight's gonna last a little bit and you know of course it's over like in thirty seconds I yelped <laughs> I, I I'm pretty much it like I, I I even I finally like I just, my drink I like squeezed it like it was just like everything went crazy like, I had a, I think I had a can of seltzer I was like <gasps> like I like. Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually, I was scared for Frankie because it was so incredibly violent. Um, what was your reaction when you saw that, Savas? I don't think I was looking at the TV at the time. <laughs> I have to watch everything on replay on Twitter anyway. I mean, I don't even think, I don't think I was working that week, that, right? You weren't. No, no. I wasn't working, so I probably wasn't watching <laughs> live anyway. My uh, ESPN Plus feed was about 10 seconds behind everyone else's on the site. So our editor, Stephen Morocco, just wrote, whoa, in the comments Mm. in the Slack. And I was like, damn it, (laughs) something's about to happen. So I kind of expect something. Uh, What's the scariest knockout you've ever seen, Casey? Um, Off off the top of my memory, um, top of my head, uh, uh, Rose Namajunas getting knocked out by Andrade. That one scared Mm. the shit out of me. 
Yeah, that's why. Because that was the first. Because you see knockouts, and you go, "Oh man, that guy is going. His his he's going to have a concussion." But Rose was like, "Oh, she might never might walk, walk again." Yeah, yes. yeah. So yeah. without a doubt, that was it. Um, I mean, I've seen like I, I've I've seen like really bad beatdowns. I'm like, God, that guy, this is gonna be some long term damage. But in terms of like just boom, like down. Um, I remember, oh, I remember over him getting knocked out by um, um, Naganu was scary. It was cool as hell, but in it Detroit? was scary. Yeah, in Detroit. Yeah, in any time the guy goes down, just out cold, cold like um, Yair, Yair, um, Korean Zombie. Uh, yep. I mean, as crazy as that was, it was kind of scary also because like. Because first of all, in real time, it was even hard to understand what the hell happened. Which like all mm-hmm. the best knockouts are like that. Like what? Like did someone just snipe them from like the, the balcony? I don't know. But uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Rose Andraj, number one. <laughs> Alex. Yeah, I feel like I totally forgot about that one. And that one obviously is the clear winner because her the way her neck was bending. But my original answer was to go with Shevchenko and I because we were in the backstage watching this happen and I had a coworker who doesn't watch MMA with me. Um, and just to see her reaction from somebody who's never watched anybody get knocked out cold. Yeah. For me, it, it made it so much more real. Cause I was like, we're kind of desensitized at a point, but like watching her face, like the blood just like drained from her face. She's like, is she freaking alive? Like that kind of made it a little bit like more real for me, I think. So, but I think, I think uh, Rose Andrade is the clear scary winner. For a long time, the scariest knockout I'd ever seen was uh, another blast from the past. Uh, Mark Hamill versus um, Matt Hamill versus Mark Munoz. That one, do you remember that one, Casey? Uh, Mark guy, Munoz was unconscious for a while. The guy, the guy that played um, the head kick. The guy, yeah, Not yeah, Mark oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Mark. Hamill, Matt Hamill. I said Matt Hamill. Mark, Matt Hamill, and Mark Munoz. <laughs> the hammer, Matt Hamill. His head kick against Mark Munoz was on the was cage. Scary. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. that Is was. He, I thought he was dead. Like Mark Munoz was unconscious for a long time, and then that was it for a long time. And then um, the Otman Azatar when he knocked out um, that Finnish fighter, uh, Timu Paklin, oh, whatever his name is. This one where he, I think it was on the um, the first Abu Dhabi card, the Poirier, uh, the Habib Poirier card. It was a prelim fight. It was, I think, it might have been. It was either Otman's first or second fight in the UFC, and uh, Timu was. A, he had gotten knocked out just like his last fight too, but it was like a year. So it was like he hadn't fought in like a year or two, and then he comes back, and he got – it was one of those ones where he got knocked out, and he was unconscious on his feet, and then he fell down, and then his his body started to twitch on the canvas. So that, that took the place of the Munoz-Hamill one for after that one because, it, A, he, he, he's one of those guys – like he's like James Vick where he, he's tall and lanky, so when he falls, it's a long way. And then he was unconscious, and then he fell, and then his like legs and body started like convulse. That one was really bad for me. And then he got, and then he, I don't think he's ever fought again after that because it was like back to back violent knockouts. He got knocked out by Makwan too, if I remember correctly. I don't know. Jeez. Oh, talk about flying knees. Wasn't Makwan Americani's Andy Ogle with flying knee? Mm, I don't think so. I can't remember. I mean, I, I remember that remember. that stoppage was even kind of that was a weird stoppage too. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was fine. Yeah, and Yogo. Supposed to fight uh, Conor McGregor in Boston. Oh well, I mean, yeah, it was Boston. Yeah, yeah, and then Max Holloway took his place. Thoughts on the Nate Diaz interview from Dalton S in the YouTube comments? I haven't finished it yet because uh, I, I it came out when I was driving, and I would lose service now and then going through 
like the desert and mountains between California and Arizona. So I it kept getting cut off. So I just decided to wait. But have you guys watched it? I only no, I saw clips. It. I saw clips of it. Um, you didn't see any of it, Miss Savas? No. Nothing. I was waiting for like somebody to like tweet about something crazy that happened afterwards, and then once I didn't see that happening, I was like, well, nothing really got announced. So I think he the wants biggest, to fight a the, couple times this year. <laughs> the biggest takeaway was he wants to fight Poirier or Charles Oliveira. I think everyone knew Poirier was the big one, but Charles Oliveira then caught everyone off guard. Well, I thought the biggest takeaway was the fact that he's he said he's done a lightweight, right? You are, like, yeah. I yeah. kind of. Well, that's so, fair, but in my I guess that's true because in my mind he was already done, but I guess this just confirmed it. Yeah. So any thought of him going going back down as far as in the title picture or whatever, that pretty much seems like it's not going to happen. And um, he said one seventy or one sixty five. Oh, I, when he said one sixty five, I just got so annoyed because I kind of, you know, I had these I have these hills I'm I'm prepared to die on, and <laughs> one sixty five weight class was one of them and i kind of gave up on it and then he brought it up again like ah now i gotta think about this again <laughs> but uh yeah i did i um thoughts on nate diaz interview um i thought i, I thought i thought nate diaz is a, has a cool gamer chair you know his little so <laughs> his, his little racer <laughs> chair i thought that was vroom, cool broom broom and um other than that um yeah it was cool i just think i just think it's interesting all these um pandemic interviews now like it's like because normally you know, like normally espn will have plenty of money though hey ariel fly out to stockton and here's a film crew and they'll do some cool thing but now it's all like uh hey send um send nate a skype link and see what happens so <laughs> well it's i think ma was a little ahead of the game on that on those types of interviews because remember when we had uh, excuse me uh sean ross Sapp on the A side once, and he said that he was doing a lot of Skype interviews, and it, it like, it really had the pandemic forced the professional wrestling scene to adopt to that. Like, no one was doing it then. No one was really doing it for any of the other major sports because journalists are always on the scene. Mm-hmm. So I think MMA was for sure ahead of the game in Skype and video interviews like that. Like, and I'm talking about like interviews where you're in your home office and then they're in their home office, mm-hmm. not like you're calling in like yes. on around the horn or something like that. Cause like, yeah. obviously, like fan side has done that where people call in when we work there and stuff like that. But it's been like, an hour like, for years, you know, you know? we had a studio yeah, for sure. studio in New York and everything. And then now Mike is carrying the torch with what the heck. Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff with Eddie Alvarez interview too. Go watch. That was that good, one. man. Dude, you see, yeah. you see the Britain. We didn't get, we didn't talk about Britain Hart yet. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you, these questions are horrible. I didn't get one Britain Hart interview. Oh, all right, Casey, tell me about Britain Hart. Oh, so good. <laughs> The fight was great. The card was great. Like, oh, I'm I'm such a fan of her. I I met I met her because I was at the um, when she fought uh Beck Ra- Beck Rawlings, and for the original Wyoming, order. was it Wyoming? Yeah, it was Wyoming. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> so I was in Wyoming, and um, is it, it, it Casper? Where is it? Was I in Casper, Wyoming? Where was I in Wyoming? A nice a nice town in Wyoming. And uh, I went to a little tourist shop, and it was just all like um, like cowboy stuff in there. And this and this um, very nice old lady runs the shop, and she's asking us like, "Oh, you're not from here?" And go, "Oh yeah, we're from LA. We're here for these um, bare knuckle fights." And she's all like, "Oh, bare knuckle and everything." She's like, "I read about newspaper." And I go, "Oh yeah." It's like, and I show her a photo. Oh, you know what the main event is? And I think that was the main event. And the main event was um, Beck versus um, Bret Hart. And I show her the picture of them facing off. And she looks at the picture and she goes. 
oh my, women. And she and I have to catch her. She fell down. She's like, oh, women. <laughs> I caught her. <laughs> yeah, so. Was it Cheyenne? Cheyenne, that was it. Yeah, it was Cheyenne. It was That's the captain. only other city. Yeah, it was, it was near the southern border. It was Cheyenne. That was it. Um, dude, I loved Wyoming. It was I had a great time it's there. Always Wyoming also had like the first Lethway fight in America. Or not oh, the first, but like the first big one. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Well, what's his that. name? That um, David LeDuc, LeDuc, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah. The one that hates, mm-hmm. that hates masks and vaccines and all that stuff. Oh, um, really? I didn't know that. Dang it. Oh, he is Ugh. hardcore. And so he's God damn very... It very anti-mask very anti like like question authority they're trying you're all sheep kind of thing like that anyway i don't have to get into that but they had the uh he called it the whooping in wyoming and then he just like pieced up some guy yeah but that was in wyoming too like in 2020 if i if i remember i I, 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 I forgot i I, I somehow i missed that uh man knowing too much about fighters is the worst <laughs> he was on. I think he was on the Amazing Race with his wife too, and they were like the. Did either of you guys have you either of you guys ever watched the Amazing Race? Yeah, I've heard. So of it. I don't it. really watch it, but I would tune in like if I was in front of a TV because I want to see how they would do. Because David LaDuke is such a. At the time, I thought he was such an interesting character, um, and they were the the antagonists of the season. Like everyone hated them. Like I would search his name on Twitter, and it was just people just hating on him and his wife because they, they I don't know strange times i don't know what the whole situation is (laughs) all right all right uh let's fly through the rest of these you know what we talked i feel like it's old news but we got a question on it and we talked about it on between the links but we didn't have a woman on there so i felt weird there's a bunch of dudes talking about it we talked about it with Kristen, right last week but oh sorry so anyway but tristan gordet again so stephen a smith's comments for my apologies on bringing up this topic again in regards to Stephen A. Smith's comments last week, but I have to ask, how much more concerning will it be given the fact that he has a major platform and continues to make these kinds of comments about women's MMA or MMA in general? Some men react from the MMA community, but not much from the other sport communities. Given the presumption that no one else cares or really had a problem about these troubling statements. So, Alex, you weren't on the show last week. Kristen was on the show, and I think she kind of went hard in the paint on Stephen A. Smith. But I will let you give your thoughts on i know you tweeted about it and i yeah. even said last week i even said last week when chris was on the show i'm like well i wish alex was on the show to go hard and faint too so the floor is yours <laughs> um okay so i think don't apologize for one for bringing this up again because i think it's very important that this narrative never leaves which is brings me to my next point because we have seen a few other fighter perspectives since the initial discussion about it um, the big one, I think, being from like Frank Mir, I saw him tweeting about how we should all just ignore it and not give him any sort of attention. And while I see where he's coming from, and I obviously believe Frank Mir probably has the same opinions as I do about women fighting, you know, he's got his daughter, that's that's up there. Um, but ignoring it is is the wrong move. It just is. We've been ignoring it forever since the beginning of time. And finally, we're, we have a platform um, to speak up against these things. And I'm I'm not going to take it lying down. You know, like I think before the Me Too movement, there was the Time's Up, right? And Time's Up on pretending that this stuff doesn't exist and that we're just going to brush it under the rug because, like we talked about before, Stephen A. Smith's following is so massive. And so he has a responsibility to watch the things that he says. And yes, that's his opinion. But the followers that follow him might not be, you know, hardcore MMA fans. And the truth is that watching female fighters is 
uh, not liking watching female fighters is not an unpopular opinion. I hear it all the time. I hear it from people in my family, even though they know what I do. Like, so when you perpetuate that stereotype, now you're just ingraining it even farther into people's minds. So if that's your opinion, you don't want to watch, then don't watch. And that's been said before. But honestly, like there was no reason to even say it from him because you have that responsibility to watch what you say because your words have weight. And so that's why I'm saying like, don't apologize for ever bringing it up again. I will bring it up till I'm blue in the face until the day that I die because that's the reality of it. And, you know, it's just until things are officially equal, which I don't think will happen for another hundred years, I'm going to be talking about this. So thanks for asking the question again. Our good friend um, and all, I I really like this guy, but he also said ignore it, was Brandon Fitzgerald, a longtime friend of our shows and one of the better, I think, more underrated comment, commentators in the UFC. Um, but yeah, Alex makes a lot of good points. I had I don't I, I don't know. I just kind of didn't ignore it. It was just kind of behind me at this point. But you make it, good points. It's like- it's like what Casey's. I was watching last week, and Casey, you know, if you take out women and you add in any marginalized group, it's an offensive statement. It is. It yeah. really is. So, and and we're and we're talking about, and I hear it all the time. I mean, just last week in the media day, like Clay Guida, like he obviously loves watching women fight, but he also made the comment of like, "Oh, they're so beautiful creatures. Like I don't want to watch them." That's the same mentality. It's the same thing. Just because you're like you're you're valuing a woman's appearance over what she wants to do with herself, like. That's the bottom line. That's all it is. And people view women as these delicate little creatures. If they want to fight, let them effing fight. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I hear, whenever I hear the whole, um, it's like, oh, they're so beautiful. I'm like, oh, yeah. All right, yeah, who cares? Cool. I, mean, I, I know they mean, like I've heard Anthony Smith say it about his daughters, like I fight so that, you know, they're too pretty to, to follow my footsteps. But I'm like, I know he means well, I really do. But just think about the mentality that you're sharing with your daughters. Like, let them do whatever they want to do if they want to follow in daddy's footsteps hey go ahead you got a great coach at home you know uh, all right thank you for your question uh, thank you for the question Trinston. don't apologize for asking uh, eight titles in six weeks from mmg 2k20 in the span of six weeks seven uc champions will fight with six titles on the line which fights are you most excited for so the title fights coming up are uh, Jan Blahovic versus Israel Adesanya for the light heavyweight championship. Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson for the featherweight championship. Uh, Peter Jan versus Alzheimer Sterling for the bantamweight championship. Uh, Gilbert uh, Kamar Usman versus Gilbert Burns for the welterweight championship. Francis uh, Steve Miocic versus Francis Gana for the heavyweight championship. Alex Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega for the featherweight championship of the world. So, uh, Casey, of every, if you had to pick one fight. And no lists, no if this, that one fight that you are most excited to watch. What are you most excited for? Izzy. Izzy versus Jan. That's the one I'm most excited for. Because, um, yeah, um, I want to see it. That's all. I just I want to see Izzy at 205. I think he's a, I think he's a relatively small 185-er. He's going to be a very small 205-er. So I want to see um, just... I want to see those his 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 feet bounce around and see if he can um not get you know just mashed up on a cage with a much bigger man. So that's the fight. Um, all the fights I'm very excited for, but that's the fight. If you're asking me the most excited for, is the is he is he is he going for two belts? Alex, I think I know your answer, but I'll let you. 
Do you? Wait, what are you going to say? I'm curious. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to assume you were excited for uh, either the uh, Nunez, uh, Megan, or Balkanovsky Ortega. I, actually, I'm picking uh, Aljo and Jan. Because Ooh, I think you don't know I Alex Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the fans have been rallying behind Aljamain Sterling for so long to finally get this shot, and I just want to see it happen. Like the the guy just freaking deserves this more than anyone, I think. And just I, I just I want to see it happen with my own eyes because I'm still in denial that this will happen for him. I'm in agreement with Alex. I think a lot of people are expecting me to say Jan versus Izzy, which I'm very <laughs> excited for because it's champ champ, but. There are so many questions about the Bantamweight division right now, and I think a lot of them will be answered or we can move forward after that fight. Like, there's like there's of all the ones we said, is there really a clear-cut number one contender after in those divisions outside of Bantamweight? I guess light heavyweight with Glover, but it depends on who wins, you know? Like, whoever wins on between Jan and Sterling, I think Corey should be next. But then there's also the question about TJ and all this stuff. So there's so many high-level fights at Bantamweight coming up after that. So I am in agreement with Alex. Jan versus Sterling, I am very excited for. My number two, said. though, my number two was Volkanovski Ortega, though. That's, I, I, that, that's right right there. <laughs> that's probably number three for me just because it's a fresh matchup in featherweight, and I feel like we've had the same like group of fighters fighting for so long, and I'm just really – Freaking Brian Ortega looks unbelievable against Korean Zombie. And we've seen Volkanovski fought Max Holloway for 10 rounds. I'm very excited for that fight, too. Uh, In a tiny cage. <laughs> but champ champ fights are fun. Manu is the greatest female fighter of all time. I'd say easily top 10 UFC fighters in the history of the UFC. Um, so anytime you see the GOAT, do anything i'm excited for i'm yeah i'm i am i i didn't mention yeah, all those fights actually i'm super excited for and um yeah and uh yeah i'm, I'm super excited to see megan uh, megan versus nunez megan i do i've i've watched megan i was at megan's first fight when she fought in, not her first pro fight but her first fight in the states when she fought in invicta so i've seen her this whole time and like i've i've and i've seen her ups and downs and here and take some losses and uh, I've, I've, I've shot video of her working out at Glory with um, James Krause and stuff. I've seen her work out in the big groups. Uh, and uh, just, just she's like basically being the only female athlete in a group of like 25 um, fighters and stuff. And it was just, it was just fun watching her roll around and uh, hit pads and move around with other dudes there. And um, yeah, I'm excited for Megan to finally get her shot. You know, she's been um, not talking a big game, but. Um, She's been um, warning this. She has been very vocal yeah. about her issues with the UFC not creating more of a featherweight division. That's I'm not rightfully even, so. Yeah, I, 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 that's not even like an opinion. That's pretty much a fact. <laughs> it's just so. Um, and of course, she was it, also she's also when we, when she, she was like a guest fighter backstage once. It might have been UFC two twenty. It was UFC two twenty two when Cyborg fought. Jan Skunskaya. It was like that last minute fight when the, I, mean, it was, I can't remember who the original fight. It was supposed to be Max and Frankie before they, I think Max fell out, I think. And then Frankie ended up fighting Ortega on last minute. But someone asked Megan, Megan, like, because at the time she was the Invicta champ. Chris Cyborg was the UFC champ. And was it Julia Budd was still the Bellator champ? So mm -hmm. she was like, there's three champs. Who is the best? 
and she was like, Chris, me, Julia. Like, she was very honest with her assessment of the women's featherweight division, and it's refreshing where a fighter's just not like, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. She was like, I'm not better than Chris right now. If I fight her, I will take it, but I'm not going to look past her accomplishments in this point. So great interview, great fighter, very much looking forward. And then Amanda's Amanda, like, greatest female fighter ever. See, I'm... Anyway, Terrence Leverett. Sorry, I didn't see the question. I like what you talked yeah, about. Seems... fact. I'm, I, I, I'm not so on the. Okay, I think Amanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we, Amanda. We, yeah. Okay, so we know. Okay, because you, you can't overlook her previous losses to this and that. Ronda Rousey is still the greatest. We have this conversation every time. Yeah, I know. His fights. You say like you say, you say like it's a goddamn fact. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Hey man. No, no. I I I, I, I get. I, I definitely get the argument. I get it. I'm not Opinions are facts in 2021. <laughs> Terence Leverett, Jan seems to be eyeing the TJ fight if he beats Aljo. He, st- he stated his opponent Aljo already beat him. Does this what? Oh, he's talking about Corey. Does, does this mean yeah. to uh, to be a cop out? TJ is coming off a loss in EPO usage. Also, who would win between Jan and Sanhagen? We said this. On the pre in the post fight show after he won, if they want to make if TJ's the money fight for sure, because he's the more he's by far the more marketable, more popular, more well known fighter. Corey deserves it. Dillashaw should get one win in before he fights for the title, but Jan just wants he wants to knock off the champ that never quote lost in the octagon, and he's the more and he's the bigger name anyway. So that is Jan's reasoning. Who wins between Jan and Sanhagen? Let's get let's. Let's allow Jan to fight Alzheimer's before we start talking about that. <laughs> if, it, if TJ was smart, I, if I were him. <laughs> if, if, wow, if, he, if, wow. Well, we're going to find out if he is, depending on what, what his next move is. After two years off, I mean, if I'm him, I'm probably going to want to take a fight before I try to just jump in and fight Jan for the title. Because now you're going to jump in, you might not be ready. And now you've lost that title shot. If I'm him, I'm taking another fight first, 100% to get my feet wet again. And then hopping into the title picture. You should fight Rob Font. That's the fight to make right there. Because Rob's sitting at five. He just KO'd Marlon after a long layoff. So I think Corey fights the winner of the main event. TJ fights Rob Font. Throw him on the same cards. I don't particularly care. And then um, the loser can fight, I don't know, Frankie, maybe. Frankie wants to come back. But then uh, we got Jim Rivera, Pedro Munoz out there too. And do Jose we? Aldo. Do so. we? Yeah, um, Rivera Munoz got pushed back. Yeah, well, we don't know. They say pushback. Who knows? They just—it's just like well, I hope he's. I hope he is it COVID or is it just an injury? Don't know. No, no, they haven't said publicly yet. Okay. No, I think they probably have. I just don't know off the top. Oh, of okay. Um, yes. San Hagen should definitely fight the winner of Jan um, Aljo, and um, I'm with uh, Mike Heck on this. Um, I think I really think. This is the time for the UFC to finally do TJ versus Faber. I think it's a great fight oh, for yeah. both. Yeah, I think it's yeah, a great yeah. fight for both of them right now. Although, I just, I just want TJ. He has to fight one time. I just think it's something. It's just something wrong with the way the system works. If you can get popped for EPO, EPO of all things, and this isn't like, oh, I took the wrong protein supplement. Oh gosh darn. Yeah, we get that. Everyone kind of makes that mistake, I guess. But EPO ain't a mistake. And um, and he should it. You get you got he got his two years, and he just fight Faber. Fight makes sense. Faber ain't getting younger. There's never gonna be a time that fight's gonna make more sense than TJ versus Faber right now. So that's all I got. 
man, we've been blabbing forever. Let me see. Um, I have a real quick question for the two of you. You can answer really quickly. Yeah, there are April 17th and six, it's, it's, it's the... It's either April 16th, 17th, or April 15th, 16th. I don't know what day they fall apart. The first day is, and I'm taking all title implications, all Grand Prix out picture. We're just looking at this as a solely high-level martial arts competition. You can watch one. There are two. There's a Bellator card and a UFC card, one day apart. The main event of the first one is Rumble Romero. The main mm-hmm. event of the UFC card the day after is Whitaker and Costa. Which one do you watch? Rumble Romero, for sure. I think it's going to be the first show. And is, is that the first? Hey, been, is that the first show in Showtime too? No, that's nope. not the first show in Showtime. But um, uh, no, no, Rumble Romero, Rumble, yeah, Rumble Romero, uh, yeah, without a doubt, Rumble Romero. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty easy. Uh, as much as I love Costa, I mean, as much as I love Robert Whitaker and enjoy Costa's antics, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think, I think that's a Robert Whitaker. I'm pretty confident Robert Whitaker is going to win. Rumble versus Romero. Who the freak knows? And I just want to see it. <laughs> Alex, I'm assuming you're picking Robert Whitaker. Of course I am. <laughs> and to be honest, like, yeah, I want to see Romero fight, but like Rumble Johnson, just, ugh. I, I don't it. need to see him on my TV yeah, screen. Yeah, I got you. So I got I'll you. just look up the winner after it happens, and then I will happily watch Whitaker destroy Costa and go back and get his belt back. Ooh! <laughs> wouldn't hate if I wouldn't hate if Izzy. Oh, well, I want to see Izzy rematch Robert Whitaker very badly. Um, yeah. Robert Whitaker should already be fighting for the championship right now. Um, I still think they're the two best middleweights in the world. They fight ten times. Who knows? But I think they're the two if best. They, if Izzy wants to vacate that title to stay a light heavyweight and chase John Jones a heavyweight, like Whitaker Costa is an awesome vacant title fight anyway. But let's get there first. Like fights, I want to see so bad that I won't get to see. I I, I want to see Musasi versus either Whitaker or Izzy. I'm just so yeah. I, I Musasi versus anyone in the top five at like at middleweight. Yeah, right now. Just, I don't think he's fought any of them. Just because the way the way the UFC matchups never worked out, what worked right, just yeah. But um, like, hey, Musasi's happy in Bellator. Um, yeah. So I mean, I I just. Uh, I just want I want these fights to happen. I want these fights to happen. <laughs> like Musasi versus Costa, Whitaker, Izzy, um, Vittori, like any of these guys. Darren Till, like all those fights are fun. Anyway, any more questions or is that a wrap? Because we've been blabbing uh, for a long time. La, 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 la. Let me see, let me see, let me see. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, we do. I mean, that I mean, is a wrap. That is wait, a wrap for this. Wait, what'd you say? I think we got one more question. Did we answer everything? Mm-hmm. Next. Hold on, let me make sure we. Oh, uh, yeah, we got that one. I just want to make sure people who submitted questions, we answered them. Yeah, I think we answered them all. Cool. All right, guys, we've answered all of your questions. This has been Jose Youngs with MMAfighting.com for another edition of the A-Side Live Chat. I got to zip up to UFC 258 tomorrow, so stay tuned for official weigh-ins, virtual media days tomorrow, fights are Saturday. We'll have all those shows. But, Casey, before we go, what you got to say? Nothing. I'm just jamming. jamming. Alex, what you got to say? I am a feeling. I'm a feeling. I am not... I'm not Casey. I am a feeling. I am a feeling. Yeah, go. 
Go watch Britain Hart's interview. Also, Britain's like the coolest name ever. I'm so jealous of that name. I wish you had cut a Bret Hart promo the whole time. I was like, say, cut a Bret Hart promo, please. You're you're missing a huge opportunity here. Anyway, that's, I'm Jose. That's Alex. That's Casey. I had something to say. Can't remember. Oh, um, moving on. But, but if you haven't seen, I know people are just talking about Britain Hart fight, but go watch that card. That card was, that, 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 Knuckle, that Knuckle Mania card was awesome. The co-main event was super good between uh, that win and uh, Johnny Bedford. Chris Liebman's fight was awesome. There was just some great slobber knockers before that. That was a great card. Like, um, Bare Knuckles really coming together. Well, yeah. That's all. Also, actually, I do remember what I was going to say because I've gotten a lot of DMs about this. For anyone, it has nothing to do with MMA because this is the only time I speak, really speak on a platform. Um, everyone DMing me about WandaVision. Just go read Avengers Disassembled and House of M. House of M is a little hard to find. It's a little expensive. Avengers Disassembled, you can find anywhere. Uh, go read it. Go read Avengers West Coast from the 90s if you want to figure out what happens with the twins. Have fun. I don't want to give away spoilers, but it is... I haven't watched the show, but it's time. Go ahead. Peace. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Just because one word answer, one word answer. We didn't even freaking talk about the main event for the pay-per-view. <laughs> real quick. Oh my gosh. Usman. Usman? Who do you guys have? Usman. Burns. Woo, Burns. I got Usman too. All right. We'll break it all down on the Prefect QA. We'll see you next Wednesday on the A side. We're out. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.